0: Hi, everybody. It's Cadence from Busy Body Podcast. When Jess and I were recording season one, it wasn't a global pandemic crisis. Now that it is, 100% of my teaching is available live and streaming. So if you're listening from anywhere in the world, you could take a class with me or a private or have a consultation it would be super exciting to meet you in person. I know I have listeners in Denmark, France, Japan, South Africa, even right here in the US. So get in touch at Busybody Podcast Instagram on my website, brooklynstrength.com. You can even email us info at brooklynstrength.com. And I look forward to meeting some of you face to face. Thank you so much. hi jess hi cadence it's busy body podcast episode five
1: episode five lucky number
0: five music that already played
1: (laughs) how are you today
0: i'm pretty good how are
1: you i'm better than good i'm phenomenal
0: i'm amazing (laughs)
1: I'm living the life I want to live.
0: <laughs> I'm feeling myself.
1: All my dreams have come true.
0: Kind of. I mean, we're recording a podcast in a live workspace in Brooklyn on a beautiful waterfront with two cute dogs. Kind of couldn't get any better.
1: Yeah, true. We <laughs> just had some red wine. Maybe true. you could
0: tell. A little rosé, <laughs> getting things moving.
1: Um, we have been joking around a lot about our voices.
0: Yes. Uh, my Kermit frog with a lisp situation.
1: Yeah, you think you have a very deep voice.
0: I feel like I sound like a Muppet of some sort, a Jim Henson creation.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: and I also have a lisp. But my mom was very offended when I said that I have a lisp. What? Because she takes <laughs> she takes personal responsibility. Oh. Um, She's like,
1: you should have put you in.
0: Yeah, lisp school. Lisp
1: school. Or speech therapy.
0: Yeah. Um, But I distinctly remember my parents having a conversation. My parents were divorced. So I remember this like divorced parent conversation where my mom was telling my dad that the dentist wanted to give me braces to bring my two front teeth closer together. Um, And then my dad said that Lauren Hutton is sexy and she has a space between her teeth. And then my mom said, I don't care what you think is sexy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also had a a gap between my teeth and I'm kind of sad I don't have it anymore. It yeah, it is cute. It's really cute when I see people with them. I'm like, that's I so mean,
0: cute. I mean, for cuteness, I wish mine was way bigger because it would be like a defining characteristic. It's just small and I don't know what the name of the thing. And when you have like a little bit of gum between mm-hmm. your two print teeth, but I definitely have that. But they don't totally meet. So some, like on recording, I hear my, my snaky S's. I think
1: it's cute.
0: I mean, I hope people think it's cute.
1: What's not cute is my relentless (laughs) vocal fry.
0: Unbearably overwhelming. It's It's just, it sounds so bad. (laughs) It's the only thing I can hear. Yeah. I just, every time I speak, I just hear, ah.
1: You know, it's funny because... I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of discussion in recent years about how sexist it is to accuse women of having vocal fry. Like, there's a whole This American Life episode about it.
0: Yeah. Um, and just just uh, how much women get trolled for their voices in general on recording uh, when, like, Ira Glass has, like, the most irritating voice ever. Shout out to Ira Glass. We love this more in life. If you'd like to produce this podcast, <laughs>
1: if you'd like to come on the podcast, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Do you think?
0: Do you think he works out? I've seen him. I saw him do a live show at BAM, and I think he said that in order to do the live stuff, he started working out because
1: <laughs> I bet he run. He seems like he would like go on a or kind of like neurotic. central park or I don't something know,
0: just running seem like something a neurotic person
1: yeah does. neurotic people definitely run because he they... seems like
0: he'd be like on an elliptical like he's just kind of like i yeah. want to control this situation
1: <laughs> oh no i feel like we're talking too much about <laughs> <That hybrid class>. <laughs> cut <laughs> cut this um, we do love Ira Glass in this family. I, also like that this I did household. a very
0: like froggy impression of him and not actually impression of what he would sound like on elliptical. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I once did a story about Vocal Fry though, because and it was inspired by for my job I would do like radio hits mm. and like be invited to come on certain shows and like talk about various things I'd written about. And I think I went on Sirius Radio twice, shout out Sirius Radio, and I was, I was tweeted at by, by like a trucker who had just been like listening to Sirius Radio, said something He was like, nice vocal fry, bitch. <laughs> It's like I tried to enjoy this, but I couldn't because of you. Oh and so I was like, "That's really funny." And also, oh. it was the first time I had been told I had a vocal fry, and I didn't. This was years ago, and it wasn't. Side
0: note: We will make a T-shirt that says
1: <laughs> <laughs> It was years before, like kind of this conversation had been happening, and I was really curious about what a vocal fry was. And so I actually ended up writing an article about it, and I, which you cannot find online because it was only in print. But I um, went to a vocal coach and I figured out the reason I have vocal fry. And I think people with vocal fry have it for different reasons. Yeah. But for me, it was a breathing issue. It's because I don't take really deep breaths before mm-hmm. I start talking. And I just like talk. So you're
0: out of air, basically.
1: Out of air, yeah.
0: yeah. And that's where it comes from for me. Um, that's fascinating because I know a vocal fry is because of the... Actor and comedian John Early, who was a client of ours for uh, a year or so. John
1: Early, come on the podcast. I I love you.
0: We all love John Early. Um, and he just did a hilarious uh, bit on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert where he does his amazing impression of Britney Spears. Yeah. A loving, not judgmental, loving impression where he sings like Britney Spears, who is famous for vocal fry. And he explained what vocal fry is and that she's famous for doing a vocal fry, which then goes into a note. So she does the, like, uh... Oh, we watched this like, clip together. Yeah, we watched it together. And... Um, And now I'm really intrigued how Brittany goes from fry into a a note if potentially a fry is because you're out of air. Maybe she does that circular breathing thing that singers do.
1: It's interesting that vocal fry gets looped in with um, other sort of things women accused of doing in their speech, like... uh, What's it when you, when every, every sentence is a question yeah. or like baby talk, like those are two criticisms often leveled at people. And those, both of those have sort of societal connections because, um, you know, appearing to always be asking questions or appearing to be like younger and more yeah, innocent than you sure. are di- are deeply tied to like sexism. Yeah. Vocal fry though. Like, I don't know why anyone would would train themselves to have vocal fry.
0: It's sexy. Is it? It's like gravelly. It's like, Wah. I don't think my
1: voice is sexy. <laughs>
0: it's like the Elvis of women thing. Oh,
1: so maybe, maybe there is some societal thing, but I yeah, do not. Cause it's just
0: like, there's something kind of almost smoky and like self-aware sexuality about it or something. Wow. I'm is reading a lot into it. I don't know. I just, I feel like when I hear that, in a woman's voice, it, to me, it just, it has that like sexy bar singer mm-hmm. vibe, which I feel like is very threatening to men, particularly that trucker, <laughs> when women are aware of their own sexual Whoa. abilities. Okay. I didn't
1: know about this. I didn't think about this. I didn't think that vocal fire was sexy. I
0: didn't find you didn't? It Why is Britney Spears doing it? It's way sexy. I don't know. I thought if it was just Britney the way that she If Britney is talked. our like measure for all things sexy, 100%. <laughs>
1: I, have, I think we should start making a list of next season, which guests we want. Because, we, you know, this season, Bernie we're really Spears. just establishing the podcast. We don't <laughs> have Carson, guests. Hillary um, Clinton. Meghan Markle. Listen. Listen. I have Shoot two high. words for you. Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yes. How, She'd do be a you, great follow-up
0: for How to Breathe.
1: I think that she definitely warmed out. Because there was... <laughs>
0: from jail we might actually be able to get her she doesn't have a lot to do anymore
1: um jail phone calls yeah, yeah we can like loop it right in totally we um, actually like, probably our easiest guess it's like on oh, serial sarah yeah. would call adnan from jail yeah it'll like, just time, time out from jail? exactly
0: She'll, it'll the recording come in like mm-hmm. you have three minutes on those calls we'll be like okay elizabeth we're gonna call you back <laughs>
1: She was recently caught, I feel like it was by Inside Edition or something, they, like, caught her on a walk with her, like, hot boyfriend in San Francisco. Amazing. And, they, and it's funny, like, this this lady with a microphone is, like, chasing her around the park. And we'll put this in the show notes because it's an amazing clip. The woman's like, Elizabeth Holmes, like, how do you feel about being such a terrible person? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the documentary? Best
0: question ever.
1: Um, and Elizabeth Holmes didn't say anything, but if she... Was to respond. I imagine it would sound like this.
0: Yes, I'm very sorry for ripping off all those people. Oh my um, God. I really believed in my message, and that's I a perfect. Still think that the future of medicine is within grasp. Thank you very much. Um, that's an amazing impression. Is it? Let's just have you pretend to be Elizabeth the <laughs> next season, and like the the listeners <clears throat> will just flock in, and then we'll go to jail for fraud. Podcast fraud. Podcast fraud.
1: But related to her body, I you were telling me when you watched the documentary that you were struck by you could tell you could tell that her voice was fake based on her neck.
0: Yeah, I mean this is um <clears throat> I am not a speech therapist or acting coach. We're
1: literally not an expert in most
0: things. <laughs> I'm an expert in a lot of things. Well <laughs> that's, that's the point of the podcast. But,
1: but I feel like every episode but not, we're like
0: well. We're not like We're not one cannot be an expert in all of the things yeah. completely, right. and so like do, do not come to me for your opera singing voice training yeah. breath problems. Um, but uh, anecdotally, just from my own experience, not only doing fitness but also like in performing and acting and blah 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 blah. Um, your the way you breathe mm-hmm. is how your voice sounds and there's all, a whole school of um looking at your laugh and like the way that you naturally laugh is a huge marker of kind of like the health of your diaphragm and the way your lungs function and that's super interesting because everybody's laugh is so different like whether it's like one honk or like <laughs> a giggle or like w- you know whether you put a lot of air out or you hold it all back and all that kind of stuff um But yeah, I have a low voice, I think, because in a slightly similar way to you, I don't um, I'm kind of holding back. So my voice is sort of caught in my throat in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And the couple times that I've done breath work specifically on voice, I realized that it's 100% still accurate that I moved into dance as my performing art and not acting or singing because I am not comfortable using my voice in a very large, extreme way, which is ironic because I teach and use my voice and I'm recording a podcast, but I'm not singing or like speaking in an accent or something like that. Um, And I'm basically using my own voice um, and I get very... I, act, I mean, I should investigate it because I almost like had an m- emotional meltdown when this um, body worker I was working with was trying to like open up my lungs and like have me make noise at the same time. And I basically was like, if I do that, I don't know what's on the other side. And I'm going to have a th- oh. I was like, I'm not ready, my friend. wow <laughs> um, So when I watched Elizabeth Holmes speak in that documentary, you could see that she was sort of flexing her neck muscles if you have like x-ray body vision like body work people do, Um, and that there was nothing that stood out to me about her physically that would suggest that her posture is somehow impinging her diaphragm or like whatever it is. Like I had a client with very severe scoliosis and her um, ribs were so shifted that her diaphragm couldn't fully – drop and so she was always like functioning on like a small amount of air basically and she had a baby voice which really annoyed her um because uh, literally when she talks on phone people would think she's like 10 years old but when we did a little bit of fascial release work and w- just worked on breathing in movement her voice dropped in the hour that we were working together. Like it didn't become a baritone, but it mm-hmm. went out of that baby range and became much fuller because she had access to more of the musculature of her breath. Um, so when I looked at Elizabeth Holmes, I was just like, that is super weird because she's, she just walk, watching her walking around. She's like moving with ease. She doesn't seem to have anything really, you know, glaringly um, unique about her posture or her, her carriage but she has this crazy low voice um, and someone out there is going to get mad because they're going to be like, I was born with this crazy low voice. But um, it's not to say there's something wrong with you because you're breathing in a way that makes your voice a different um, level. And I'm sure there are some people that just have like interesting vocal cords that they're born with or whatever. I don't, that's where like the end of my expertise, I don't know the science of how the air blows across your vocal cords and makes different sound, but uh, primarily your breath is the musculature of your breath which is your abdominals your torso the diaphragm and i didn't see anything that would suggest that that was naturally occurring it definitely seemed like she was doing what jess just did made her (laughs) voice lower Mm -hmm. which means you have to kind of like tuck your chin and sort of like flex your neck in a way like there's just um and also if you watch like when i watched that again there's like a scene where she's really ch- happy like in a conference and her voice goes up for like i mean there's times where she kind of loses it just like anyone because
1: she's not on guard. Yeah, yeah. she just
0: kind of like let it let it down a little bit and she actually was just kind of like herself kind of celebrating this thing and her voice like you can just hear her voice be like, you know, this is the future and then she goes back down and you're <laughs> kind of like, okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when you told me this, though, it kind of blew my mind. Like, I never thought that the way that our bodies are built affects the sound of our voice. I kind of thought the sound of your voice was like a thumbprint,
0: like unique to everyone. It definitely becomes a thumbprint, but for sure. I mean, like someone who speaks quietly all the time, that's really that's so embedded in their musculature, their, their carriage of who they are. If you had them lay on their back and exhale deeply and push fingers into their stomach to really help the diaphragm completely compress, um, compress up the lungs, then their voice would get louder. You know, they're just not, they're not fully exhaling. So they're barely breathing out. I'm amazed by people who naturally talk at a crazy high volume that is really interesting to me, and I don't know what the mechanics really are of that. Are they, like, fully breathing out all the time, like they're blowing a trombone? Like, I don't know.
1: This is fascinating stuff.
0: This is episode,
1: How to Breathe. This is, we're going to talk about how to breathe. Um, so let's get into it. Let's dive in. For me, as I said, the vocal fry comes from forgetting to breathe or not breathing, you know, letting myself go on and on and, and ramble and ramble without taking, yeah. pausing to take a breath um
0: have you tried to work on that like when you eh, at any time
1: I well as soon as i became aware of it i think as soon as you become aware of something you're like kind of inherently working on it but i mean as
0: soon as you're trolled by a random trucker yeah. you, you really want to take that information and just start yeah. to grow with it
1: i have not made any efforts to change
0: um <laughs> sorry rando trucker
1: But where this intersects with fitness is that I think when I started working out on on a more regular basis, um, I noticed that I was holding my breath a lot. Yeah. And that was affecting my movement and uh, in some cases, like making me incredibly dizzy.
0: Yeah. It's kind of amazing when we realize like, oh, right, breathing. Yeah.
1: So when you're teaching people, what are the biggest sort of breathing mistakes that you notice?
0: Holding, holding a breath is the, f- the easiest thing to spot because people start turning purple and look really like they're struggling. Um, and it is f- funny to think that people will hold their breath long enough that they start to turn colors or are actually suffering. But it's so unconscious and often when we're thinking really hard for some reason we have a habit to hold our breath. Um, and I think the other one is, the, is, is closely knit with that is just breathing very, very shallowly. Um, which is also very habitual and can be part of just the anxious state that we live in, where we're not in a situation to slow down, breathe more deeply. We're hurrying around and we're kind of like the little hamster, almost hyperventilating our way around the, around our day. Um, I also sometimes when I'm teaching find that I keep inhaling and not fully exhaling to a point where I almost feel like I like I'm like the opposite of you. I'm like running out of air because I've continuously inhaled. Um, And that used to happen to me a lot kind of when I first started teaching a really heavy load. Um, And I would actually get a horse throat by the end of the day because I wasn't really supporting my voice with my breath, like an actor or singer would do. So I asked my acting clients Mm -hmm. how to, how to help that. And um, it's something that I still have to work on sometimes if I'm, if I'm kind of like, rushed or nervous all tend to just inhale over and over again so we all have like weird unconscious patterns um but i definitely i mean pilates has a whole thing about breathing that's part of the technique as does yoga um where that's definitely cued as part of the movement but there's a reason why that is which is that the mechanism of breathing is your abdominal core, your abdominal walls, which is not just the front of your body. It's not just around your belly button. Your lungs don't compress on their own. They're not like a like the heart. They don't flex on their own. Um, they inflate and deflate because the diaphragm, which is towards the left side of your lower torso, um, it's a band of tissue, which when you exhale lifts up and compresses your lungs and when you inhale it drops down and kind of compresses your lower organs um like your sex organs and your part of your digestive system which is um, part of why it's relaxing and relaxes your gut to breathe deeply Mm. you're massaging yourself internally um so for yoga for pilates hopefully for your life to Actually, engage your core in a healthful way. To actually deeply engage your abdominals, you need to breathe. Mm. Um, so, if you're doing ab work at the gym where you're kind of just holding your breath and like grunting through it, you're not really getting into the deeper tissue, and you're just kind of doing a very superficial like tightening of that of that tissue, but not actually strengthening and elasticizing the deeper abdominal walls, which is the ultimate goal. Even if you're doing bodybuilding, it's it, you want to get those deeper tissues. Mm-hmm. Um so it's part of my teaching every day to help people breathe. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't think there's one right way to do it because there's also different um practices that require different kinds of breathing. Breathing for an opera singer is different than breathing through a Pilates class is different for breathing for a swimmer Um, all of these things have different techniques and different things that you have to learn and integrate. And you wouldn't want to walk around all day breathing the way a swimmer does. That wouldn't make any sense, (laughs) but you definitely want to walk around all day breathing fully.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, a big piece of this is just mindfulness.
0: Yeah. And I think just checking in to see if you're breathing and how you're breathing, which again, I'm not the master of that. And I find that often, um, I mean, I've started a, a pretty, regular meditation practice which I have done on and on on and off for a long time but this year it has really stuck I have um, just different tools that are working better for me but uh, in the past my meditation was based on breathing now it's not but even in doing the meditating what am I doing I'm like coming to rest I'm coming to center myself I'm checking in with my breathing I'm trying to Um, align myself with the rhythm in my own body, which just by its very nature is going to click into my breath. When you run, if you're holding your breath, boy, does it make it really hard. Most running athletes and coaches will say, try and like get your footfalls to kind of start to match your breath, even if it's like every third you know, you're like inhale two, three, and your foot hits on that third one or whatever it is. If your footfall is all disjointed and your breathing is all disjointed, that's like a very clear sign that your running is kind of struggling in that moment. And it's maybe probably this not is why
1: I hate running.
0: I was actually thinking that when you were saying that. I was like, if you habitually hold your breath yeah. and if you habitually are used to like working through a long exhale. Yeah. Running might force you just because of the nature of it to breathe in a pattern that feels unfamiliar and uncomfortable.
1: You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You cannot convince me to start running.
0: I was about to be like, oh my God, (laughs) by the end of the next season, Jess and I are going to be like recording while we're jogging. What if the whole point of the podcast was to get you running, I'm even though kidding. I don't really care about <laughs> running that
1: much? I'm just kidding. I uh, I am not that resistant to the idea of running. I just like have had negative experiences with it in the past.
0: Maybe we, next season we'll do like yeah. a one on how to run. Yeah, actually, We're that'd all be great. Built for running, we should
1: totally do that. Yeah, we should get like an actual running coach in here to work. Oh with my god, us. I
0: know one who's amazing. Okay, shout out. Yeah, Rachel. Some, some something. Her. she's amazing we're like um, literally friends isn't it weird when you realize you don't know your friend's last name spurrier i think is her name hmm. i mean
1: it's like why do you need to know your friend's last name? exactly everyone
0: in my phone is saved like you're now you like used, their instagram handle? you used to be saved as jess client and oh. i <laughs>
1: and
0: then i just changed it recently because i have like Jess, multiple
1: Jesses. No, I have
0: Jess staff, and then I kept almost texting her about this, so now I have Jess client slash podcast.
1: <laughs> Don't even have my last name in there.
0: Who that's cares? Fine. I think I did. I think that was why because I looked up how to spell your last name to be sure. Yeah, and then it's so it's Jess Hesta yeah. client slash podcast. Just in case I completely forget
1: yeah. who you are. Just in case. <laughs> I also think that you should change me to Fryant. I know. What talked about. Yeah. and with your other friends as well yeah exactly <laughs> um anyway I was a, I, something you said stood out to me which is that like you you feel like your breathing is tied to your nerves and I think that's just so true and like yeah. maybe that's why I struggled with breathing when I first started doing Pilates because like when you're in a situation that you're mm-hmm. not totally familiar with you're not totally comfortable with mm-hmm um, you have like nerves, yeah. even if you're not nervous. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So I used to struggle with breathing a lot. Um, when I was first doing ballet really intensively because there's so much holding in the rib cage and it was like, where the hell do you breathe? Everything is held, n- nothing moves. Um, and I would a hundred percent make weird faces going across the floor and like my leaps and my jumps because I was 100% holding my breath. Mm-hmm. And actually my ballet teacher had a really great, um tactic to deal with that which i sometimes use with clients who cannot stop holding their breath where she would make me say what i'd have for breakfast like just describe what you have for breakfast while dancing because you don't have to think too much about it you're just like i had some cereal with soy milk or whatever while you're like spinning across the floor and i make people do that when they're doing pilates if they really can't stop holding their breath just to make words come out you have to be breathing
1: That's a great tip.
0: Yeah. You could do that while you're doing anything and people think you're crazy, but then you'll be breathing better. (laughs) So,
1: Um, What is, can you describe to me what Pilates breath is?
0: (gasps) Yes. Um, so if in Pilates, if our assumption in Pilates, which I would say it is, uh, is that we're trying to keep the core, which is your full core, which actually is like a 1950s bathing suit. It's like from your below your glutes all the way up to your neck. Um, engaged closely to your spine as opposed to flexed pulling away from your spine. Um, so if you think of like the, the bane of my existence, like when people are just at a gym doing a bazillion crunches on their back and you can see that the, the six pack muscle, the, uh, the kind of like this bread loaf shaped muscle is popping up oh, and kind of rounding, lifting while they're doing that work. And really it's all, it's mainly in their neck and they're kind of doing this like head banging action because often people do crunches really fast, which I don't understand the point of. Um, to get them over with. Exactly. Why grow when you can grow really fast and right. not very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you're um, a big proponent of doing like three really good ones versus yeah. like ten... Not oh,
0: good ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean I tease a client who I still have who when we first met, she told me that she does a hundred crunches every night. And like and I just uh, started laughing at her and I was like, and how are those going? What do those look like, my friend? Please show me. I'll sit here. Do a hundred for me. And she couldn't even help it. She was like, Yeah, they're kinda ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, let's start again and like actually do some abdominal stuff and not pretend. So If you're trying to draw your muscles into your spine, which is actually in the center of your body, it's not in the back of your body. You can just feel its furthest expression of its bony points in the back, (laughs) but your spine is actually probably like two knuckles of your own hand to the center of your body. We're like trees and the spine is really in the very, very center. You can actually feel it through your abdominals if you relax your stomach enough and dig your fingers in there, you will feel the front of your spine, but you have to be okay with really digging your fingers in through like your guts. But it's totally possible. I've done it with partners and stuff like not romantic partners, although I'd totally be down for that. <laughs> uh, but like in cut cl- in anatomy classes I've taken where we've done a lot of palpation it's called. Um, so if you're trying to draw everything into your center, you don't want to con- constantly disengage by belly breathing I also like to remind people that you can't actually belly breathe because your lungs aren't in your belly, like they're not in your belly mm-hmm. button. Um, but of course, everybody knows what it feels like to just breathe really fully into your low abdominals and kind of, and you know, round it out. Um, and that's typically the way people get taught to sing or do a lot of stuff. A lot of meditating says breathe, relax your lower abdominals, and you know, really do that Buddha belly breath. But in Pilates, we want to keep the transverse abdominals, which is your side waist engaged mm-hmm. and if they engage they will draw your rectus abdominals, that six pack muscle, downward and keep it close to your spine, which um gives you super hot body, which is the whole point of Pilates. haha ha, no I'm kidding. Um which basically just keeps your your structure the thing that's keeping you up and mobile close to your stability, which is your spine. Uh you could crisscross those definitions, but that works for what we're talking about um so in pilates you want to breathe in a way that's not going to distend your belly over and over again which is basically what uh what we try and teach in class so when you follow your exhale and your abdominals naturally draw into your core you try and keep it connected keep your core connected and then breathe into your upper back ribs or just into the sides of your ribs which is not the same as just breathing into the top of your ribcage only, but it's actually filling the bulk of your lungs, which is in your ribcage and in the back of your rib cage, because your ribs expand in a bell shape front back side, not just to the front, which I think a lot of people just think you only breathe kind of to the front or that's where they feel their breath. Mm-hmm. But you actually breathe circularly. Um, so learning to follow your exhale, keep it down, keep it connected without like sucking your stomach in, but just keep the muscle tone and then inhale into your side lungs is going to keep you or into your side waist is going to keep your lower abdominals and your side waist engaged, expand the upper rib cage. I'll put a video up because, um, if you actually really learn how to do that, a lot of Pilates gets way easier because your inhale starts to support your spine. Mm -hmm. And support the shapes that you're making, and your exhale just keeps knitting everything together and keeping you in your power, keeping you in your strength, um, instead of just constantly distending and trying to recollect, distend, recollect that musculature.
1: Right. Great. We have some questions this week.
0: Q and A time. Q and A time. <laughs> it's Q and A time. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes will be oh, answering. Yeah. This <laughs> is my Kermit voice, disruptive for you. I'm Elizabeth uh, Holmes, and I'll be. <laughs> I'll be Special guest. Oh my God, Elizabeth Holmes, we were just talking about you. <laughs> well, this
1: one, this first question is really funny to imagine asking Elizabeth Holmes, which is uh, how do you kegel? What is a kegel? And also, why is a kegel?
0: I think she is a born Kegeler. <laughs>
1: this is something that comes up a lot in class and just like a lot in like women's lives. Like I feel like yeah. the Kegel has taken on such a mythical like yeah. role and, and it's also like the butt of a lot of jokes and yeah. I don't know
0: what, what what's your
1: take on Kegling?
0: Well, first of all, men can Kegel too, which like nobody knows, but they can. <laughs> we all have pelvic floors. What? Um, And men really should Kegel. And the way that I get my male clients to Kegel is by, um, like what would you call it? Like subtle, not subtle, uh, emasculation, where I where mm-hmm. I tell them that, um, your pelvic floor muscle is how you control your erection. So if you want to last longer in the bedroom, more kegeling, more awareness of that pelvic floor, and then they look like a deer in the headlights, and then they listen very very carefully to my <laughs> instructions.
1: <laughs> you do a lot of um, it, fun imagery around kegels. Yeah. What is it that you always tell? your women in class
0: to lift a blueberry with your labia
1: yes she says that a lot
0: yeah i did steal that from somebody on instagram <gasps> but i feel like it's a fairly common i literally do follow like 18 physical therapists on yeah. instagram and like like look at the people that I follow if you're trying to find them like people that do pelvic floor mm-hmm. health like there are there are physical therapists that just work with pelvic floors from pregnancy sexual violence all kinds of things where there's like scarring or just like emotional scarring around pelvic floor um so that's a really interesting field and i follow a lot of people that do that work um i also follow this crazy lady we will definitely put her in our notes and i mean crazy like a fox yes um who carries like kayaks and like chandeliers with her pelvic floor so i think she puts a ping pong ball in her vagina and then carries like very large objects around to show how strong she is which brought me into a whole instagram hole of there's a whole world of people who do pelvic floor weightlifting where they insert amazing yeah i mean i want to go to a meet they insert like ping pong balls that are then attached by string to various weights i think it's a little bit of a burlesque thing yeah but it's it's like a weird crossover of like fitness and burlesque
1: well so why why kegel though like i feel like a lot of like it's sort of a cliche that women's magazines say you can kegel at your desk kegel 20 times green eggs and ham kegeling (laughs) you you can do it in the air you can do it with hair (laughs)
0: um why like why why um, your pelvic floor is the center of your body. It is like the engine in the in the vehicle. it's where your legs meet your torso and your torso meets your legs and
1: and so ketoling strengthens your pelvic
0: floor yes, and the interesting thing is you don't want just like a hard pelvic floor like any muscle. you don't want it to just be rigid, so you don't want to go around squeezing your your pelvic floor endlessly. Kegeling is not only learning how to fully engage but also to fully release the pelvic floor so a drawing up and a like complete like like let it all go otherwise you're creating just a stressed out pelvic floor which I actually think a lot of people, men and women really suffer with Um, and you may not have any symptoms of like an overly tight pelvic floor except that uh, one of my clients said that she It takes her a really long time to pee. Like, she has to sit and, like, think about it and, like, let it go for, like, a long time until she can pee. Um, Some people have trouble with, like, penetrative sex, both men and women, because pelvic floor involves the anus or the vagina. Um, Or digestive issues, constipation, because you're, like, gripping the whole pelvic bowl. And the one that I find a lot because of my work is people tell me that they don't feel their abdominals working, but when I touch their abdominals, I'm like, they're working, they're on, they're engaged. And they're like, well, I don't feel them, and they're always, like, frustrated. And I'm thinking, well, it's because you, you're at, like, level 10. There's no nuance. You can't feel any softening. Like, you know, it's like the music is playing so loud, and I'm trying to ask you to, like, pick the string instruments out. And you're mm-hmm. like, I, I just hear noise. Um, so actually, Kegeling the way it should be done with a full engagement and a full release would help a person who has like the overly engaged pelvic floor, as well as somebody who knows their pelvic floor is more, um, deconditioned, like maybe after pregnancy, when it's stretched out and you're peeing when you laugh or when you jump or anything like that. Um, and certainly when people, men and women get older, but women have to worry about uterine prolapse and issues like that. And, um, men when they have prostate issues tend to have the same problems like all kinds of internal problems from the pelvic floor getting weaker um it's it like can only benefit you it's going to hydrate oxygenate bring blood flow to all these organs sex organs digestive system and the tissues around there which are responsible for our sexual health and if you want to have a kid your awareness of your abdominals the low abdominals of pelvic floor the actual vaginal opening your labia which has muscle tissue in it it's not just hanging out there like an earlobe. it's um has muscle tissue and you have control over that that's how you push a baby out you mm-hmm. know if you're interested in, in in feeling that so um i mean i had a cute client of mine ask if there was like should she be lifting her pelvic floor when she walks and i was like there's never a time not to. Like, <laughs> I was just, unless you're literally doing like Buddha belly, totally relaxing, digesting, laying on the couch. Uh, I don't know. Doing some crazy things with your butt. <laughs> there's really. Twerking? Yeah. Yes. Should you Kegel while you twerk? I think you really need to Kegel while you I think you, you, you have, have to, to yeah. yeah. Um, um yeah you the pelvic floor should always be engaged but that's not the same as it being sucked in rigid stressed tense but lifted held it's holding your organs it should be it should be alive so if
1: you're gonna keggle at your desk like the women's magazines tell you just do it the right way exactly
0: and we'll put a longer video up about that because it's tough
1: yeah we can just take a video of my me kiggling.
0: yeah <laughs> just lifting a blueberry just with like her labia. it will immediately get taken down <laughs>
1: I learned a lot just then. I'm glad. You. You're welcome. And now it's time for the anti-desk body move of the week.
0: I'm Elizabeth Holmes.
1: Oh my God, she's back.
0: <laughs> she's like a recurring
1: guest. What are we doing this week to um,
0: learn how to breathe better? Oh yeah, so we decided um, both both linking in breath and anti desk body would be helpful because breathing is so related to how we sit and how we stress out. So, um, something that I like to show people is actually laying on your belly. And if that's super uncomfortable for you, you can lay like with a pillow under your chest or under your belly to kind of lift your hips up. So you're not like flat and your face is smushed and then just, you know, put your head to the side on your hands or whatever, get in a spot that's comfortable, but basically let your legs just be like slack. Your back is kind of rounded over that pillow or if you're flat on the floor and just breathe and breathe feeling that with the front of your body kind of um limited because there's the floor underneath you Mm -hmm. you will feel the movement in the back of your body so you'll feel your ribs move and you'll actually feel how your lower back moves because of the breath Mm -hmm. and it's very soothing and People, you're literally stretching your back from breathing. So people will feel their lower back shift and open just with their own breath. And you don't have to do some kind of really intense yoga, speaking of yoga, like yoga breath or Mm -hmm. any kind of like really intense breathing pattern. You can just be you breathing, which I actually think is the most useful because you'll feel your breath pattern in your back. Um, And then hopefully with that awareness, you can start to feel your breath more fully in your rib cage more often
1: yeah and then adding
0: on to that if you want to do like a move if you want to do a move you can do supermans from there which i would recommend taking your pillow out from under your belly hold your exhale like i mentioned earlier so that your belly doesn't press outward into the mat anymore into the floor anymore and you can stretch your arms and legs out so you look like super grover with your arms stretched straight forwards and your legs stretched straight behind you in your big x shape and you're going to do opposite arm lifting and opposite leg lifting these are really swimmers um and we'll then just keep doing the that the yeah will keep doing that we'll keep doing that we'll put it on the instagram that's a really lovely extension exercise that's like the most opposite of sitting that you could possibly do
1: great Well, we want to thank our producer, Sarah Esikoff. And our
0: special guest,
1: Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes. I was, was <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> thank you so much, Lizzie, for being here.
0: I mean, she's traveled a big distance. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: I'm Joss. I'm Cadence. This is
1: the Busy Body Pod. Follow us at Busy Body Pod on anything and everything.
0: And work on strength, all in word, to adjacently follow us. You. Have
1: a great week. Next Have a breathful week. Have a full of breath week. Fully breathing week. Yeah. Oh, wait, we should do it. Okay, ready? <laughs>
0: That's good. I felt my abs.